0: hey welcome back you won't know what it is it's the thundercast i am your host connor sanders alongside my co-host kelton jacobson kelton how are we doing today
1: we're here. It's it's the morning, but we're here, Connor, and uh, I'm excited to talk about SUU basketball because it's back. Yes, it's yes. Back.
0: Finally have some games to recap for you here on the Thundercast. Um, last week took a, a look at uh, the new schedules that had been released for both men's and women's basketball. This week we actually got a chance to participate in those schedules, and um, I mean, <laughs> even the schedules that were released... And our last pod had to be updated already. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> a lot changed quickly last week, but we're really excited to actually have some events, some concrete things to analyze and look at instead of a whole lot of projecting and things like that. But
1: how would you feel just uh, watching sports, SU athletics oh, was, last week? It was so nice. I mean, we, we, we got to watch the, the men the day before Thanksgiving take on LMU. Uh, that was, of course... Televised, so we, we had to watch it yes. through or on the internet. Um, but then Connor, you and I had the fortunate pleasure of of, of going to the game against St. Catharines, and it was just so nice to be there uh, to to actually hear the ball bounce, to hear the <laughs> shoes squeak. It was yes. just fantastic.
0: Hear the coaches berate the referees, the the players talk smack smack to each you other. No,
1: no fans actually. Kind of. It's kind of fun. Uh, it is a little bit <laughs> a little bit. There.
0: After the first few minutes, you're kind of like, okay, this is weird.
1: Yeah, and the pumped the pumped in uh, fake crowd noise was a little Bad. off. Well,
0: it, it was just like, it wasn't like a, you know, on like the Fox Sports broadcast or whatever. They'll like play it. Like if you're watching a soccer game and there's like a close shot, they'll make like a oh yeah yeah. That's not, it's not like that. It's just like white noise. It's like the whole n- time. It's
1: like it's like the when I turn my fan on at night before I go to bed. Exactly. That's what I need to fall asleep. I I feel like I probably could have done that. <laughs> <laughs> with with the with yeah. the fan noise that was playing,
0: yeah, they, I mean, they're saying the the players at post game were saying it was pretty goofy for them too. So, if if fans are not loud back in the arena sometime soon, uh, it's going to be an interesting uh, a few weeks of basketball.
1: It'll be an adjustment for sure, but
0: it 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 was fun either way watching. And uh, no fans with fans as long as we have some basketball to watch, that is a very blessed opportunity. Uh, and speaking of basketball, we were able to watch SCU men. Uh, on today's pod, we're going to preview or take a look at the game against Montana, uh, the games against Montana this week, I should say, and also take a look back for both men's and women's basketball um, at the week that was. Uh, and the first thing was, the first bit of news was actually that the women's basketball team had their game with the University of Utah canceled mm-hmm. due to a positive COVID-19 test. Mm-hmm among the uh, University of Utah program, which unfortunately meant that game could not be played. The University of Utah was slated to play Utah Valley on Saturday of last week, um, and then because Utah had to cancel, it sounds like SU just kind of slotted into that one, um, and we will get to that eventually. But first, uh, Wednesday, LMU took on SUU at the University of Loyola Marymount uh, in a an arena with absolutely no fans. Um, SU, I've, I think, took it to LMU, gave them a good game, ended up losing 85-83 to 83 at the buzzer to a just gut-wrenching shot from the short corner by Jalen Anderson.
1: You thought uh, the play was over. You, you really did. Because I don't remember who knocked it out of their point guard's hands and it just it just went straight to Anderson. Yes. And it was just so unfortunate. He You're could like,
0: not have made a better pass. <sighs> oh. <laughs> it just it just went straight to him, straight to him, and nobody was expecting it either because the ball just got knocked out of his hands. Like it wasn't like the player was like picked his head up and was going to make the pass. Right, it was just like oh my gosh, the guy's open. Yeah, yeah, no, it wasn't a designed play
1: at all. Yeah, at all.
0: but I mean, you got to applaud the nerve of Jalen Anderson to to take one dribble and sink that shot. The freshman, no, that's no not an fear. easy shot.
1: That's not yeah. an easy shot.
0: Absolutely, uh, a lot of pressure on that shot, but. I thought overall it was a really solid performance for SUU. John Knight had 19 points and 10 assists, which is a career high for him. Uh, Tavion Jones scored 17 points in the first half for SUU as their second leading scorer. Uh, got double-digit contributions from usual suspects of Harrison Butler and Mason Fawcett as well. Uh, for Laura uh Matthias Marcuson led the way for the Lions with 19 points in 23 minutes. That's their big seven-foot-three mm-hmm. center. Um, And another interesting note, Loyola Marymount shot 31 free throws in that contest. Coach Simon in the postgame was critical of SUU in in how many fouls they ended up giving up. I think there were 25 fouls in the Mm -hmm. game. Mm -hmm. So, Kelton, tell me your your thoughts on the LMU game.
1: Yeah, no, I thought uh, specifically at LMU, it was a lot of John Knight had to create. And he did. You know, 10 assists is a good good mark and you mentioned it's a career high uh but really lmu they could just dump it down to Marcus in and there was really nothing as could do about it because madunich you know yvonne uh, madunich he he played a little bit he uh, did he get into foul trouble connor is that why? yeah he, did he got into foul trouble um so he wasn't really able to match up height wise and then you, you bring in Cortez cooper who's really long but he does you know give up four inches to to mark so he really yes. wasn't able to to hold down the the paint as well um, as Mendunich did in that starting lineup, so uh, really Marcuson started to feast on that on that second unit, and uh, so that that's really my first impressions. What I noticed against yes. LMU, I I actually watched LMU play. They actually played back
0: to back games against the University of Minnesota hmm. this week after the the SUU game, um, and Minnesota also really struggled to stop Matthias Markison. So that's not uh, too big of a concern I'd say for SUU. How many at seven foot three guys with some skill they are you gonna play this season in the big sky? Uh right. I don't think it very many. Uh that is a concern for Madunich. I mean Madunic looked a little overmatched. I mean and so did Cortez Cooper. I think everyone will against a guy that size. Mm-hmm. But it is concerning that uh just SUU's post defense really couldn't push Marcuson away without no. having to foul. No. And that's not true only for, for Marcuson but also for everyone else, the LMU Sent into the lane or, or into the post, uh, SU had trouble defending without fouling.
1: Right, SU does have a couple big guys, you know, uh, headlined by uh, by Madunich and, and Cooper holding down the the middle. Yes, but uh, yeah, no, we were we were oversized. I think that's fair to say. And that we knew that going into the game, LMU mm-hmm. has a bunch of big guys. They do. Um, but
0: overall, I thought I thought SU shared the ball pretty well. Uh, I think that to me, it established that night will be a very very important player. I, I knew he was going to have a, a big role, but I think that uh, based on what we've seen through two games, it's this is John Knight's offense. He has I the keys totally to the offense agree. for sure. Totally, I, I think it's Dre Marine's team just because he's the, the four-year guy. Mm-hmm. um means so much to the program. He's really the face of the program, and I think those guys really share a lot of the leadership responsibilities, but I think that when we get to those last shot moments and those you know the last five, six minutes of a game that just really slow down, the game bogs down. It's going to be a lot of John Knight having to get space for himself or mm-hmm. make a read and, and find somebody else for an open look.
1: Yeah, I and I, I also enjoyed, you know, how SU came out hot. They they hit what four of their first four or five yeah. uh three point attempts. You know, basically everyone on this team can can shoot it. I think Madunich even hit two of them in the first five yeah. minutes of, of uh, that game last Wednesday. So, uh, really really interesting to see as you use offense they they can space the floor a little bit um so but I agree I think I think it is John Knight's uh offense he he he's responsible to create buckets you give him the ball late in the clock um with that said you know he can always drive and kick and and anyone he kicks to you know they can hit it
0: yeah or take one dribble and attack the basket exactly um a couple other interesting notes Tavion Jones uh, had 17 points in the first half of this game and actually did not score again mm-hmm. um, in the second half. So jumped out to a really fast start. Like you mentioned, SU actually led by double digits in the first half. Um, throughout the second half, the teams were battling back and forth, exchanging the lead, tying the game. Um, John Knight actually hit a really nice and one to get SU back tied before that final possession where Jalen Anderson caught the ball and scored. Um I thought SU fought really hard, performed really well. I, offensively, I'm, I really have very few concerns about this team. It seems like they'll be able to move the ball, um, but also have some options to go to when when the game slows down. Um, let's move forward to the, the game against St. Catherine. We'll talk about both performances. Uh, on Saturday, SU took on St. Catherine, 195-47. Um Tavion Jones led all scorers with 22 points on nine of 10 shooting, knocked down a few three pointers as well. And Dre Marine had 15 points on six of nine shooting. Uh, I mean, everybody had 10 points. It felt like in that <laughs> game uh, as the whole bench got to play for for Coach Simon. Uh, one interesting moment from the game I want to highlight. Uh, well, two. Well, John Knight the third was shooting three pointers in this yeah. game. Yeah. <laughs> he he was two for four from three point range, which is. A career high for makes and attempts, mm-hmm. which shows you just how really heavily he relies on his ability to drive. If he can add, you know, some of that jumper, that that long range stuff will, will open the floor for him if he can continue that. And also there's a situation where uh, in the second half, SU were, you know, running it up a little bit and Nike. Tried to go dunk on somebody in transition, and he got fouled really hard. Yeah, um, and that was a scary moment because he and, landed pretty awkwardly, and he sprouted back up ready to to say something to the guy, and then um, quickly I think rethought that that. Yeah. And uh, we talked to him about that post game. He was like, "You know, last season I probably would have got a technical foul for that. And this season I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not mm-hmm. going to let myself get angry. I'm gonna, I'm gonna channel my anger into my game." I thought that was a really big moment because. Uh, like two or three possessions later, Tavion Jones caught the ball in transition and dunked on the guy. Right. So right. Yeah, <laughs> the guy didn't even jump. It was a it was a business decision. He he, <laughs> he knew he was going to get dunked on, and he knew he wasn't going to be able to get up in time to foul anybody either. So that to me showed that you know this team, um, a lot of unity, a lot of uh, mutual respect for each other, even in situations where they were just kind of running away with the game mm-hmm. and tensions kind of got heated, and then everybody was able to rein themselves back in and remind themselves like, listen, we're fine. We're so much better than these guys.
1: Let's just let's yeah. just keep working forward together. Yeah, we're up forty points. There's no need to <laughs> attack. And, and you know, it, it wasn't hostile. the 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 flagrant foul. It was just I I had the chance to hear the ref because again, no fans. And uh, the ref just told the the defender, look, there's just too much contact. The, the, yeah. you can't you can't be doing that when a guy's going high like that. So again, nothing nothing hostile. And I was I was really really happy to see, you know. Jk. He just he he did. He sprung right back up, but then he did immediately, just like you know what? No, this is this, yeah. is, okay. this is okay. I'm
0: sure that dude is not used to playing against athletes of John Knight and Taylor oh, Jones' quality. I guarantee it. Um. Anyway, that was uh, it. Was a fun week uh, of SU basketball. I think the big takeaways for me uh, are the concerns about interior defense. This is something that we had talked about in the preseason. Uh, I think Marcuson's performance, at least continues to call that into question. That would be something we'll have to watch as the season moves on, Um, especially if Madunich gets into foul trouble. Also, SU ran a little bit of zone to accommodate our boy Aynon Moody, or Aynon Moody, excuse me. Uh, And Moody struggled a little bit in that game, only one for four with two points, only played 19 minutes, and then uh, missed Saturday's game due to some concerns about, uh, I think his wife just was sick, and they decided to hold Moody out from Mm -hmm. that game. So another aspect of of this we didn't really get to see moody so su ends up losing at the buzzer to lmu uh without really much from moody who just never really got going so right. you, you think how many games this season is moody gonna does not have it uh i don't think that will be too many so you no. wonder if, if he knocks down a few more shots how does that change the game also uh marquise moore the detroit mercy transfer started to play in mm-hmm. uh, both of these games, actually played a pretty big role. Only played a few minutes against LMU, but had a pretty big role against St. Catherine, and that's a big deal because we thought he wasn't going to clear uh, the waivers right. in time and, and be able to play, but that means he's eligible to start contributing this season. That would be another big depth piece for SUU. Um, and I think really last season, defensively throughout the season, we knew SUU was solid there were some concerns about actually scoring mm-hmm. when it came down to it. And, and some teams that really didn't want us to get out in transition because they knew we, we, struggled a little bit scoring in the half court. Well, I don't think that's as big of a concern this season. No. Uh, I'm actually a little more concerned defensively right. than I was last year to see how I will stop their opponents.
1: But, um, any other just big wholesale takeaways? I'll, I'll follow you up on, on Moody. I did want to see a little bit more of him. I know 19 minutes is a good amount of minutes. Um, yeah but four shots for for someone who is labeled as a shot maker a shot taker and a shot maker you need to shoot more than four times um i i noticed a couple times where he had the shot and he did pass it up i don't know why he did that yeah uh so i i don't but i, I agree with you i don't suspect that that continues to happen throughout the season he's too good to to continue to pass up shots and and if if St. Catherine was any indication w- w- when the offense functions correctly, and and John Knight and Dre uh, Marine are getting into the paint. The wings are open. Yeah, uh, I mean we saw Mason Fawcett and Harrison So many Butler, open looks. So many open open triples, and I, I can't imagine that uh, it'll be any different when Moody comes back. Yeah, you would definitely like to see Moody in some of those catch and
0: shoot situations. I think it's just a matter of finding rhythm. Yeah, really for him. Uh, the last thing I want to talk about before we move to the preview against Montana, um, just the late game lineups for coach Simon is he has to, to pick five guys to put out there. And he's got eight to nine that I think he really trusts. Mm-hmm. Um, Dre Marine's got to be there. John Knight's got to be there. Uh, I think Tavion Jones is establishing himself as somebody that has to be there. But against LMU, he used those three guys and then Mason Fawcett and Yvonne Medunich. Um, and then he would bring in, Harrison Butler and Damani McIntyre kind of situationally for offense and defense. Um, I, I like that last five. I think Moody has a good chance of earning a spot there, but just something to keep your pull, your, your finger on the pulse of as, as the season goes on is, you know, when the game bogs down, who does Simon look to? Who does he trust? Right. Um, Because all that matters is the conference tournament and all of this is just prep for the conference Mm -hmm. tournament. So, Mm -hmm. Who are your best five guys that you will be playing? Come conference tournament time. And speaking of conference tournament time, you are going to preview Montana, a yes. consistent big sky conference tournament competitor. Um SU had a really great performance in Missoula last season before the pandemic hit. Um man, that feels like so long ago. Uh, I remember I was at home with my with my dad. <laughs> we were watching that game and I was so excited seeing SU perform so well on the road get their first win there in like 20 years and then uh we had all that momentum going and yeah. SU had all that momentum and then the season got canceled so uh kind of interesting that where the season proverbially ended uh we we now begin conference play uh with Montana again who uh, we play SU plays them on Thursday and Saturday of this week uh lost uh Montana lost to USC the the after Thanksgiving 76 to 62 gave him a little, a little something, but USD uh, USC ultimately pulled away. kind of reminds me of uh, SU's performance at USC a couple years ago as well. Um, a couple of notes on Montana in that game, Josh Bannon played 35 minutes and scored 13 points. He's a freshman forward out of Australia. Yeah. Um, another freshman also making big contributions for the Grizz. It's Brandon Whitney played 34 minutes off the bench and scored mm-hmm. 17 points. Mm-hmm. Uh, to me, this is a, a young roster. Right in in Montana's case, they usually have a bunch of those like grad transfers, fifth year senior guys. Uh, this year, uh, relying heavily on underclassmen, uh, but still got some transfers around that can make an impact. Um, why don't you talk a little bit about how SU matches up defensively with this lineup?
1: Yeah. Um. So their biggest guy is six foot ten. Uh. Montana's is so yes. I I I think you know as far as the size goes, it should be pretty. Pretty even. Um, you do have that freshman, uh, Josh Bannon. He's got to guard someone on 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 the defensive end, and I think uh, it's either going to be um, Harrison Butler or Tevian Jones. And and if I'm Tevian Jones, or if I'm Harrison Butler, and I see a freshman guarding me, I'm I'm gonna go after him. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think that'll be good there. I think Tev is a little bit uh, size wise. He he loses two inches to to Bannon, but I mean, the wingspan of, of Tev is is there, so he can disrupt him a little bit. Yeah, he played – Bannon did play 35 minutes, but he did only score 13. So it, it, yes. it wasn't tremendous. It wasn't a tremendous uh, output. He just played a lot of minutes. And, and it kind of shows that, that Montana is relying on these freshmen to uh, to take the reins a little bit. You have uh, Brandon Whitney coming off the bench. Don't know if that happens again when SU suits up because he did play 34 minutes. Um, but Brandon Whitney, he's got to go up against, you know, John Knight, the third and, and, and Dre Marine. So, uh, can those two senior guards take on this freshman, freshman guard and, and feast there. So really going to be fun to watch, uh, our more of experienced guys kind of take on these, these two freshmen who, who played the bulk of the minutes for, uh, Montana last week.
0: Yeah. Um. I think those two freshmen are really the offensive engine for this team. Um, uh, USC made pretty easy work of them uh, in the paint. It looks like and and had some success shooting the ball from behind the three-point line. Be something that Coach Simon will prioritize. Um, looking at their just their lineup, it's a bunch of guys that you know you can trust. Um, Cameron Satterwhite seems like he's been in the Big Sky Conference for like 30 years. <laughs> uh, Josh Vasquez. I really like him. He'll get a couple of steals for you pretty much every single game. Uh, Cameron Parker's also been a good player for them. Kyle Owens is a, a good, solid player. And they're just Montana. They're always well-coached, uh, always bringing the intensity, always going to be in the game. You're not going to run away from Montana. Right. Uh, they will keep the game close. They will keep it competitive. Um, and I think that this is the type of game that will go down to the last few minutes. SU actually has an experience advantage in this. I think that uh, Tavian Jones presents a pretty good line or uh, matchup for SU offensively against Bannon. I think he might be able to kind of get what he wants if, if he can stay engaged and, and get through the whole game just being consistent offensively. And I think this is a really good chance for SU to start off on the right foot. It's going to be interesting to see. This is the first time that they will play the the weekend series where they go back-to-back back with right. an opponent. Mm-hmm. So that'll be interesting to see as well, how they kind of adapt on the the back end of that and Montana will not make anything easy and will have plenty adjust- of adjustments to
1: make. So I think something to watch out for, too, is if if the first game was any indication, Montana has a propensity to foul. They yeah. fouled 29 times. They fouled USC 29 times. USC shot 39 free throws. Uh, so, again, if you get these guards that are driving in the lane, they they could have the the opportunity to get to the line a lot more, and that could turn out to be... Uh, a huge benefit uh, for the T-Birds. I'm looking at last game stats against St. Catherine's uh, Harrison Butler shot four for four from the uh, foul stripe. Uh, Mason Fawcett shot two for two, but really, I mean, that, that, that was essentially it. I mean, yeah. John Knight, the third, he did go over three. So that's something to watch out for. Um, but SUU, they're, they're a pretty good free throw shooting team. So again, if they can get to the line, I think that could really, really help them out. Yeah. I,
0: I couldn't agree more. Um, will be an interesting one to to watch for sure and two games in one week against the same opponent I'm, I'm still thinking that's going to be adds a really interesting wrinkle to the season. Yeah. Uh let's move forward to women's basketball. After their game against Utah was canceled, they went to Orem to take on Utah Valley University last Saturday. Lost in the end 58 to 47 um in what would I would describe as a a slow game where both offenses kind of Took some time to really figure themselves out. SU actually struggled a little bit down the stretch. Um, why don't you talk a little bit about that, Jake Kelvin?
1: Yeah, it was a close game until the final six minutes. So, yeah. 30, 34 minutes of, of the game was just neck and neck. Uh, SUU, they, they actually dominated the rebounding game, which Uh, We'll get to in a second, but uh, really, SUU just kind of lacked a a person to put the ball in the bucket in the last six minutes, and UVU didn't. Uh, They had three players that totaled 47 points of their 58 points and those mm-hmm. three players combined for 18 points and those three players Josie Williams, Niha Sohail and uh, Maria Carvalho they combined for 18 points in the last 6 minutes and SU scored like I think 6 points in the yeah. last in the last uh, 6 minutes. So uh, that can't happen. You can't uh-huh. you can't you can't win a game and not score in the last 6 minutes.
0: <laughs> yeah, for sure and that was something we talked about before the season 2. I think there it will take a few games to figure out who your your late-game option is. One thing I thought was interesting was that Sherita Dar- Daughtery excuse me, uh, didn't play much down the stretch. I thought she was pretty solid throughout the game. Um, Maddie Eaton ended up seeing a lot of the ball. She had eight points on three of 15 shooting, so she just couldn't quite get it going. Uh, Liz Graves almost finished with the double-double in that game, too. So some bright spots. I mean, and we didn't even talk about Shafano, the former SCU player, Went uh, 0 for 5 and had four fouls. Ended the game with no points. Goose egg. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> uh, rough performance for for Fano, but ultimately her team gets the victory. So I don't think she'll be too upset about it. <laughs> um, but yeah, one thing you made note of, and I think this is important to watch as the season goes on, is just shooting the ball. Uh, like when you get the open look, having the confidence mm-hmm. to take that look. Uh, I think there's a little bit of maybe hesitation or uh, maybe some desire to look for a better shot, but especially in situations where the clock is winding down and and you just need somebody to get the ball up there, uh, other than Maddie Eaton, I don't know who consistently will be that option. I think that they'll lean into to Dari Franson, and I think Sharita Daugherty should get more of those opportunities. But that's going to be a big thing to watch for as the season
1: moves on. I really don't know what a better look would be, though. I would just <laughs> I I would watch. They would. Uh, move the ball into Franz and her camps down low, and you know the defense would collapse, and they would kick it out to whoever's on the wing, and they'd be open for a second or two, and then decide, you know what, I'm gonna pass it off, or I'm gonna take a couple of dribbles. Y- you gotta shoot the ball. Y- you just gotta yeah. shoot the ball. You can't score unless you shoot the ball. Um, and I I applaud you know Maddie Eaton for taking 15 shots. Unfortunately, she couldn't get it going. I hope that that changes in the future. Um, Dari, uh, she also shot, you know, 10 times. Most of those were in the fourth quarter, but she couldn't get it going. She only yeah. shot two for 10. Um, on the other hand, Connor, you know, they did control the offensive glass, and it was very apparent to see. Uh, Darie, that was interesting. Dari really, really was passionate about getting those boards, and then Liz um, Graves, she, she's a ball hawk, man. She, she wants yeah. the ball. so. They dominated those the offensive boards, but of eighteen offensive boards, you only score thirteen second chance points. Again, things like that they 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 can't happen. You you get eighteen offensive boards, you should at least get thirty six points out of it. Um, so th- those are my those are my takeaways. Um, you did see some bright spots, and I agree with you, Sharita uh, Doherty. You know she looked great. I yeah. don't know why she didn't play the last uh, few minutes, but she she did. She controlled the offense pretty well from the get go.
0: Yeah, I also thought Reed Hatini played really well. Um, I she got to play most of those minutes down the stretch. It seemed like um, I thought you showed a lot of grit, and I think that they're gonna fight really hard. Oh, I agree. I just think that offensively, it's gonna be tough if Maddie and Ndari Franson both don't have much going. Just in every single game, those two players are gonna are gonna be a big part of the offense. Mm-hmm. So if they don't, if they're not knocking down shots. It's just going to be a fight. That doesn't mean that... is going to keep the games competitive, though. It's, it's going to be a fight. They will push you and fight hard. Yes. Um, they take on Montana in Missoula on Thursday and Saturday. Um, and Montana, you know, has a, had a decently good start to the season. They actually lost in Logan to Jess Chapman and the Utah State Aggies. It's so funny how the small world of college <laughs> basketball, you just can never escape uh, your old... Transfers soon, SCU will play UAB, I'm sure. And we'll we'll see Claudia Armado again. Yeah. Um, so Lady Grizz actually had a 13-point lead in the second quarter against Utah State, but ultimately lost in that game. Uh. Carmen Gefeller scored 21 points for Montana on 8 of 13 shooting in just 24 minutes. Uh, she was in foul trouble for most of the game, but was dominant while she was out there. Um, and also Willa Albrecht, 14 points off the bench in 17 minutes. For the Lady Grizz. And by the way, Jess Chapman, 32 minutes, 14 points, 3 of 5, three, three of five from the three-point line. you would have liked to have that on Saturday against UVU last mm-hmm. week. Um, but Montana was outscored in the paint by eight points, which ended up being the difference in the game. So that'll be something to watch out for for SUU. Uh, Montana always solid in the women's game as well. Um,
1: Kelton, what are your impressions going into that game? Um First and foremost, again, with SUU dominating the, the rebounding game against UVU, I think they can do the same against uh, Montana. Montana only uh, snagged 33 rebounds against uh, Utah State. Utah State snagged 42. So Montana doesn't like oh, – I shouldn't say they don't like to rebound. Every team likes to <laughs> rebound. But they they aren't great, <laughs> yes. at least in their first game at rebounding. Uh, their, their top rebounder uh, was – uh, Carmen Feller with six. Uh, they don't crash the offensive glass. Again, SUU could could use that to their advantage. Um, but they do shoot pretty well from the foul stripe. Uh, Carmen Feller, she shot five for six, so you can't really foul her when she gets yes. in the lane. Um, it, with that said, she is going to do her best to get in the lane. She only shot one three-pointer. so. Um, those are my initial I- impressions. you got to dominate the the glass again against Montana, um, and then really you got to hone in on Carmen Feller because she's really the focal point of that offense. At least that's what it looks like within the first game.
0: Yeah, I thought – I mean, Feller's only a sophomore, mm-hmm. uh, and she didn't really get too much time as a freshman. Uh, so pretty impressive that she's come out and, and has established herself as this big focal point. Uh, Six-foot-one is feller i am interested to see how su will try and
1: slow her down and, and albrecht is a freshman a six-foot freshman from she's a Billings. sniper she is a sniper connor she shot four for five from downtown yeah uh it's
0: gonna be a, a quite a fight i'd say um montana finished in fourth place in the big sky last season went 12 and 8 and 17 and 13 overall they were 10 and 5 at home last season The only teams with a better record uh, at home were the Southern Utah Thunderbirds and Montana State. So, SU struggled away last season, Uh, the women did, five and nine in away games. Maybe not having fans uh, helps alleviate some of those concerns, Mm -hmm. but always tough to go into that environment um, and get a win now with no fans. It might make it a little easier. But um, if SU wants to push to, to have good seed into the conference tournament, uh, getting one of these two games would be massive.
1: Oh yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And don't forget to it. It is Montana's home opener again. You, you don't have a ton of fans there. I'm not sure how many uh, Montana is allowing. I know SUU. You know you have a had we had a couple yeah uh, at the men's home opener. So I'm not sure about the Montana women's uh, team how many fans they're going to allow. So but again, it, it's tough to go all the way up to Missoula. It, and are they playing back to back, Connor? Yeah,
0: Actually, I think they're playing on uh, is it a Thursday, Thursday and Saturday, Thursday, Saturday yes. up
1: there. So those are those are tricky situations. I I think we discount how tough it is to beat a team two times in a row. That's going to be really really interesting to to see. Um, even even at the professional level, it's really difficult yeah. to go and, and beat a team, regardless of where you are two times in a row because you get to learn, you know their their tendencies and and you can really hone in on those. So. Um, should be should be fun games to watch though. SU they are, they're tenacious. They they really want the ball. They'll play a, uh, a good defensive game. Ultimately, to me though, Connor, it's going to be one on the offensive end. Yeah, uh, you know, Montana they had a great offensive game against Utah State. Utah State just had a better one. Yeah. So and neither team really playing much defense there. Right. So SU's just got to come in. They got to score the ball they got to score the ball. Yeah, I think
0: you're spot on there. I think it'll be I think that'll be the tale of the season is seeing how SU's grit and effort translates to winning games on the offensive end. Um, so that'll be interesting to watch, but I think for this this week that's uh, about covers everything we will we should say with a grain of salt as always things are subject to change mm-hmm. just the fact that we've had basketball games to watch so far. Feels kind of miraculous to me, and we get to hopefully watch some more this weekend, which I am, am very excited for. Oh, yeah.
1: I, I can't wait. I've been counting off the days since last Saturday. Do you think they'll go, of these four games, Ooh. how many does SU win? Oh, that that's a tough one. You know, I, I would be real happy if the men could split um, and go one and one. Uh, I. I Again, playing playing a team two times in a row is so difficult. Yeah, uh, I would be real happy if the men could split, and then uh, if the women could snag one as well, uh, I I would be I'd be happy. I don't think we can go four and zero. I don't think that again, just because playing a team two times in a row is just extremely difficult. But I, it's early in the season; I can be surprised still. Yeah, I'm for allowed sure. to be. <laughs> I think as you could absolutely win both these games
0: against montana the men's definitely could i think the women could definitely go and take one and i think they're really winning one of two against a team that seems like they're pretty solid is is enough of an accomplishment so if both teams split i think that that's an absolute victory Sure. Uh, these are two good teams the first conference games uh the home opener for montana so they're going to be all hyped and stuff too it's going to be very competitive but we will update you next week with uh, with the results on how they go um thanks for listening to the thundercast we'll be back next week yes sir